All right, degenerates, we are here once again, commissionerless, because the fucking asshole just cannot keep his appointments. He's too busy dealing with league business. So I am joined solo with your co-host, Mr. Steve Sampson. How are you doing tonight, Steve? Good, Brian. Nice talking to everybody this evening. We had no Thursday night football this week, so we're going into the weekend already slightly depressed. However... (laughs) I do know that Brian has something he's extremely excited to talk about tonight, so I'm looking forward to that. So, first we are going to hit you with the breaking news. Breaking news. So, we talked last episode about uh, possible landing spots for Le'Veon Bell. One of the hottest rumors was that he was going to go to Kansas City. For a while, it was narrowed down to Kansas City and Miami, which was my choice, but... In the end, he chose Kansas City, and more shockingly to me, Kansas City chose him. I'm not really getting it from the Kansas City Chiefs' point of view. I mean, obviously, Lev Lev Bell wants a ring. He wants to be on a winning team. Like, who doesn't? But Kansas City just picked CEH in the first round of the draft, and then they have him on this cheap rookie contract, and they go out and sign... You know, a free agent running back to essentially take his place. I I don't get it. I mean, Steve, what do you think? So I don't think they signed Bell to take his place. <clears throat> what I think they did was they signed a veteran presence to share the workload with a rookie who's been performing extremely well, but times are very uncertain. And if you look at the depth chart, when you get past the name of Clyde Edwards, Elaire, it's a whole lot of fucking... So now they have a running back that they can use as a change of pace, share the workload with with CEH, and it gives them an added depth piece for a team that is definitely going into the playoffs and probably going very far into the playoffs. So for them, it's a business decision. They're getting a very experienced, very good, talented running back for next to nothing. On a one-year rental, I think for Kansas City, just simply as a depth piece, it was a no-brainer. For Bell, I think he now has the opportunity, like we talked about in the last episode, to uh, get in some State Farm commercials with Patrick Mahomes and Jake, (laughs) get himself some some ice, and uh, he's got probably the best chance he was going to have at getting that ring. So for him, for one year... It's a it's a good fit, and, and I do think that he's going to get usage from week to week. I look at that backfield now to be more like uh, New Orleans was a couple of years ago with Kamara and Ingram, two talented running backs, both in their own rights, with different skill sets but complementary skill sets. Um, both were pass catchers out of the backfield. Both of these guys are. Bell's going to run between the tackles. Hilaire's a little bit more of an outside back so i actually i like it i'm optimistic for both and i think after a week you can probably start both in your flex comfortably yeah i mean like i said on the last episode i I get lev bell's interest in kc i don't get kc's interest in lev bell i don't think lev bell and i could be wrong obviously i'm speculating which is my specialty I don't think Lev Bell was going to go anywhere where he was not going to be the lead back. For him to sign there, I feel like Kansas City had to tell him, listen, we're going to give you at least 60% of the snaps. And I just don't, I don't know why they would turn their back on their first round pick like that. You know, and I mean, they obviously have him for three more years in his rookie fifth year option after that. It's not like this is a career ender for CEH, but at the same time, like you spent the first round pick on the fucking kid. He's doing a good job. I don't really understand the move from Kansas City's standpoint. And I'm going to tell you, I'm fucking nervous to start Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from now on, personally. He is like an emergency plug-in as far as I'm concerned. What do you think, Steve? No, I think, especially this week, because Bell's not going to be playing, it's an absolute start. But I think going forward, uh, even at at a 60-40, if Bell does get 60% of the snaps, I think it's going to be a weekly change and i think it's going to be situational based on the team that they're playing so i'm not afraid to start either one when bell gets up to speed which i'm going to assume 
it w- is going to be next week. It's it's no different than several of the other backfields right now in, in the NFL that you have two backs that were both able to perform. I mean, Kareem Hunt and and Nick Chubb were both having a decent seasons before Chubb got hurt. Fournette and Rojo were both having pretty decent seasons before Fournette missed, uh, what, two games, realistically, because he was active last game, but they weren't going to put him in unless it was an emergency. I mean, Rojo's looked great, but Fournette's still there. He's still going to get touches. He's still going to have an impact. So I I think it's going to be a very similar situation. We'll see in a week or two which one is the primary back and which one's not. I, I don't think they're turning their back on CEH at all. I think they've added a veteran presence that's going to help him in the long run. And they're just giving themselves a little bit of extra depth. Even if they take away 50% of the snaps from CEH, isn't that turning their back on them? I mean, that's, that hurts their rookie's development, does it not? Not necessarily. It's it's more about quality of touches than quantity. And I I, I really think he's going to be fine. He's, he's already been having a pretty good season. I really don't think it's going to hurt him at all to be behind bell for the rest of the season or even with bell the rest of the season i i I think it's going to be good for him long term and that's really what their investment is in him is long term i mean don't get me wrong brian there definitely is some you have to have some concern you have to have a little bit Mm -hmm. because you you, especially i mean we're we're past the point of draft capital this and that but where you drafted ceh there was no competition in the backfield he's been performing well with the opportunity he's been given but if you look at other than the first week against houston where he had 21 points i mean he put up 18 against baltimore 13 12 11 he's not been that great i mean week two 10 carries for 38 yards six receptions for 32 uh week four against new england 16 carries for 64 three receptions last week against las vegas 10 carries for 40 yards three receptions. The recep- the receiving work, I think, is still going to be there between three and six catches a game. But he's not getting a huge volume as far as rushing attempts. Yeah, but I mean, you don't think that Lev Bell could poach a lot of the receiving work? I think it's situational. I think Lev Bell's going to be more of their rushing back with a few receptions, and CEH is going to be more of their receiving back with a few rushes. I mean, he's he's Averaging roughly, you know, probably 4.2 yards per carry. I'm going rough math. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to say it's roughly 4.2. It's a little over four, which is not terrible, especially for a rookie in a team that likes to pass the ball a lot. I think the addition of Bell gives them another dynamic because they can give him 20 rushing attempts. They can still roll out CEH for six to 10 targets a game, and both can be fantasy relevant. Okay, but let me ask you. So, I mean, obviously, just just from listen, just from hearing what you're saying, what's fresh in your mind is Jets Le'Veon Bell. What if they get closer to Pittsburgh Le'Veon Bell? Then Ceh is probably going to be a third down back, goal line back for the rest of the season. I mean, I think there's a real chance of that. No, no, there definitely is a, a real chance of that. Um, but it's Andy Reid's offense. And I don't think he's going to turn his back on the on the kid. I think he's still going to have use. Really? Because I mean, you know, all, all we heard all all off season was Andy Reid. He likes his feature backs. He uses one he does. guy. No, he, he he does, and he's been consistent with that. And if Bell takes off and, and returns to form, like he was at Pittsburgh, he's going to have that starting job. There's really no doubt that, and it is a very real possibility that it happens. And I mean, and I don't mean to knock Kansas City. That'd be the case anywhere. I mean, if he if he starts performing like he did in Pittsburgh, they they put Zeke on the bench, you know. <laughs> right. No, no. I, I I would completely agree with you. I mean, you can't ignore that type of talent when it's flashing. So it's extremely possible that that happens. I'm gonna go with that. They're gonna share the workload at least for the you know they got a week ten bye. So you got Buffalo this week. He's not gonna play. You're at Denver week seven, then you're at the Jets. I would just about bet the farm that they feature Lev Bell in week eight <laughs> against the Jets. I, I, I don't even know that you put CEH in your lineup. I don't even know if he bothers to suit up. Yeah. Because Lev Bell is going to run for 250 yards and 15 touchdowns against Adam Gase just because he can. 
Yeah, he he will literally ram it down Gaze's throat. Yeah, maybe not 15 touchdowns. Maybe it's only going to be 12, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you got Carolina, and then you go into your bye. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I really think that at least for the next few games, other than that Jets game, that you're going to see a split usage. Coming out of the bye, it's going to depend on how well Bell's played, but then he's going to have the offense down. Could be a completely different story. Totally agree. Okay. So I think that's going to uh, wrap up the Lev Bell news. I think we touched on all the high points. Let's get let's get into our boom-bust players. Why not, I say? The boom-bust players. All right, Steve, why don't you lead us off? Tell me who is, uh, who's your boom quarterback. All right. So this is another player that's near and dear to your heart, as always, Brian. <laughs> but my boom quarterback this week is going to be Mr. Jared Barth. <laughs> He's ranked this week as a number 15 quarterback. However, uh, this season, he has been very hot on the road. In the road games, he has had, at Philadelphia, a quarterback rating of 142.1. And at Buffalo, 116.3. or 111.6, sorry. Uh, Washington, 111.7. Two touchdowns and a pick, two touchdowns and a pick, three touchdowns against Philly. Uh, So he's been much better on the road than he has at home this this year. So, I mean, can I just point out that he played three absolute fucking scrubs on the road, and now he's playing San Francisco? Like, I mean, there's also scrubs just because they have nobody on defense. So, what well, I, was, I mean, are I they? Because it, last week we were saying that San Francisco was rolling out there with nobody and they were still performing well. Yeah, but they got more people hurt. Who else got hurt? Quan's out. He wasn't last week. He suffered an ankle sprain. Is he out, out, or is he questionable? He, he's not playing. He's a high ankle sprain. He's, that's three weeks. So, he'll, he'll be out. Goff, when he's been under pressure, has a very low 48.5 quarterback rating. If he's not pressured, which I don't expect a lot of pressure this week from, from San Fran's front. His quarterback rating is 124.4. He has a setup for a very good game against San Francisco's beat-up defense. But it's Jared Goff. He could also turn out his two-point game like he did last year. <laughs> Thank so. you. I was just about to say that. D- uh, you know, I Don't like... worry. I have not forgotten that. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it, as far as, as matchups this week for quarterbacks outside of the top eight he probably has the best one or close to the best one in the top 20 not even close not even close well who's yours then brian Do you know who has the best matchup steven matt ryan against that dreadful minnesota defense oh matt ryan with a healthy julio calvin ridley He's got Hayden Hurst. He, they are going to fucking shred that Minnesota you mean defense. Five point Matt Ryan. Yeah, he's gonna be five points per play in this game. Fuck, I'm telling you, dude. Matt Ryan, write it down. Matt Ryan's going to fucking boom. I I think this is gonna be a shootout because I almost took Kirk Cousins, but I wanted to go with uh, something a little bit a little bit different because I actually expected either you or Eric to pick Kirk Cousins. So, um. I think it's going to be a shootout. There's a very real possibility Matt Ryan could finish in the top eight because of the matchup. I just think Minnesota's defense was a little bit better last week. Actually, it's funny that you should mention the uh, the game being a shootout because I have a lot of players in this game <laughs> in my boom list. So, um, Steve, why don't you hit me up with your boom running back and uh, we'll start hitting them hard. So my boom running back is Miles Gascan against the shoddy New York Jets. Oh, that's um, I don't ballsy. really think I need to say why. He, just the Jets are that bad. Yeah. And I think Gaskin has a good week this week. Now he's got to be celebrating Lev Bell not coming to take his work away. And uh, <laughs> he's going to show Adam Gase just how wrong he was. Well, I mean, I mean, clearly you believe in Miles Gaskin. You know, last week you're telling me that uh, – or last episode you're telling me that – Le'Veon Bell can't sign in Miami because they have Miles Gaskin. Now he's your boom running back. Clearly, yes, you believe he is a future Hall of Famer. 
But so uh, I didn't say that, but I did say <laughs> he, that Bell wasn't going to sign there, and now he is my boom pick. So as of this recording, I am currently one for two on those predictions. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about Miles Gaskin against the Jets, I just don't think he's going to get enough use. I don't think he's getting enough volume. Uh, I I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to throw it all over the yard, and um, I mean to to be perfectly frank. That was the, the the first guy I went looking for was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick to see where he was ranked for uh, a bus, uh, a boom quarterback. Yeah, he's right in the middle with, with Barf and uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah, so he, he's ranked just above them. So I was looking for Fitzpatrick because he was going to be my boom quarterback. And then I see Goff and I see Ryan. I said, Matt Ryan is all the way fucking down here. And then I mm-hmm. see in the, against Minnesota, I was like, oh, no, fuck, no. That's my guy right there. But uh, I think Fitzpatrick's going to have a hell of a fucking day against the Jets, and I just I just don't know how involved Gaskin gets. But, I mean, that's a dual-edged sword, though, because if they get a lead, they could start to run the ball more, and then Gaskin gets more work, and blah, 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 blah. You know how it goes. But um, mm-hmm. No, but he's also going to get used in the passing game. He's just got to finish inside the top 15. Yeah. And most teams are running, like, I think the average is around 30 30- rushes per game that the Jets are seeing run against him. I mean, if he gets if he gets 30 rushes, I mean, he should be top 10 with should that be. many opportunities. So, if even if he can get even if he can get 20 rushes and a couple of passing attempts, that should easily put him in the top 15. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't hate the pick. I don't. Like I said, it's a, it's a dual-edged sword where I I think that They'll just beat up on the Jets and, and not need them. But at the same time, like I said, if if they get off to an early lead, they could just start handing the ball off and he could get a ton more work than I think. And Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's last week he had 21 touches. So yeah. but from the same that same exact thing. So I'm relying on that. I'm relying on Fitch Magic going out and just fortune <laughs> the Jets in, in the first quarter. And he can. And, and he definitely can. So who do you have for your boom running back? So. I'm getting a little ballsier. My boom running back is Chase Edmonds against Dallas. I had a feeling you were going there. Did you? So <laughs> I did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so I think he's getting more and more of the work. I think he's getting the receiving work, which is so valuable in PPR leagues. Playing against Dallas, that soft-ass defense, I think there's a good chance he finds his way into the end zone again which uh, has been happening more and more frequently. I think there's a really good chance he finds his way up into the top 15. Yeah, I don't hate it. I think it's, I think it's a long shot, but I, I don't hate it. I mean, really, it's going to take uh, – he could bust off another long run like he did last week, gets in the end zone, gets a couple of catches, and, and he's a top 15 running back. So it's not out of the realm of possibility because he just did it last week with, with minimal touches. So mm-hmm. I think Dallas is a little bit better on defense. But, yeah, it, it's possible. Who did they play last week? Yeah, I know. Dallas is worse. See, I didn't even have to hear who you said. Dallas is worse. <laughs> uh, they played the Jets last week. All right, Dallas is better. Dallas is better. Retract that statement, <laughs> sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I like I said, it, it's it's kind of a ballsy pick, but, if I mean. It, it's the, But it's the same, it's the same really um, – that, that I have going with Gaskin. If he can get, you know, two, three touches, which is what they've been giving him is about three rushes a game. He's, he's had six targets the last two games. If he gets five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown and a couple of rushes for another 10 or 15 yards or 20 yards, he's in the top 15 range. So it's, it's extremely possible that, that he can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just, he's definitely going to be touchdown dependent to get to that point. If he doesn't get a touchdown, he's not going to make it. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And I I think you're going to start to see those rushing numbers go up. But side note. I don't think so. I, I don't. I still think Drake is the rushing back. He's still getting 70% of the snaps on, on rushing downs. Yeah, for now. I, I think Edmonds is the guy they're going to use in the passing game, which which will hurt Drake long term without getting those, those passing down work. But for now, all those statements are true. Correct. It, I don't think it's going to change. I really don't. I don't think the rushing attempts. Hey, Drake are has change. to start doing something with his fucking rushing attempts. Then, 
I mean, he does. They're not. They're not just going to sit around, sit around and watch him suck forever. I mean, they might. <laughs> Every other team has sat around and watched him suck forever. <laughs> not Miami. They never gave him the chance, even though uh, fantasy owners everywhere thought for sure he was going to be a fucking stud. Gase watched him suck till Gase left. Yeah, I mean, the, the fucking guy has two games with over four yards of carry. Yeah. Got to be better than that. Last week against the fucking New York Jets, 3.3 yards per carry on 18 attempts. Yep. Why the fuck would you give him more work? Uh, I, I I can definitely he's, see he's more. He's a volume back. It, it, the same thing with Fournette. He's a volume back. You, you got to give him 20 to 25 touches a game, and that's where he's going to make his efficiency up. They're not giving him enough touches. No, no, no. That does not make efficiency. That makes production. He needs to be efficient with his touches. They're not they're not well, going to they're not going to give they're not going to start giving him 25 carries a game so that he can average 3 three and a half yards a carry. He needs to do something with his touches. So who do you have for your boom wide receiver? So, I'm going back to the matchup. I'm taking Justin Jefferson versus Atlanta. I'm going back to him. He fucked me last week and I'm going back to him. Uh I picked him last week in a juicy matchup. He let me down. He wouldn't do that to me twice, okay? Oh, I beg to differ. Yeah. <laughs> I beg to differ. He is definitely going to boom against that soft-ass Atlanta defense. The wor- one of the worst in the league. They're terrible. And like I said, he had a bad week last week, but I think he's going to bounce back. He's going to do awesome. I will agree to disagree. Ooh. Why is that? Well... Alexander Madison is reason number one. I think he's going to get a tremendous amount of work against Atlanta. Um, Reason number two, and I'm just going to skip ahead, is my boom tight end this week is Mr. Irv Smith Jr. He was somebody I looked at. They are starting to finally use him and Rudolph more in the passing game. I think this is his big opportunity in such a soft matchup against Atlanta to finally have I don't I'm not going to call it a breakout game but to to finally kind of break away from Rudolph and, and show Mike Zimmer that hey I am the number 1 tight end on your team mm-hmm. start throwing me the fucking ball and and then you still have Thielen so yeah and I mean I I get all that I don't necessarily agree with the Irv Smith pick I think that Last week was kind of an aberration, and he really didn't even do that great, to be honest. But um, he didn't. I get get, included. He is being included. So, or he was included that one week, I should say. I get the Alexander Madison pick, but you know we've seen wide receivers, uh, including Justin Jefferson, boom, when Dalvin Cook was getting a ton of work. Mm -hmm. So. I don't see why it would be any different with Alexander Madison getting the work. They're going to be ahead of Atlanta. Um, Thielen's going to get a decent amount. Yes. Would well, you like to beer bet that? I can see you. Well, fucking, I mean, I mean, you I know, can see you salivating. Over this there. is two above average at the very least offenses against two of the worst defenses in the league. All I see is nonstop scoring. I don't think so. I really don't. I, I, I think Minnesota is going to. Going to end up ahead, and Atlanta's going to struggle to catch up like they have every week for the last five weeks. I know Julio's back. Uh, I'm not buying into it. Ridley's Ridley. He's going to be fantastic. They haven't been able to get Hurst involved. Gurley had a good week last week. I don't know that that extends into this week against Minnesota. So Russell Gage, which is one of my later, later picks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, potentially could have a decent game again, uh, depending on whether or not he's fully healthy or not. I know he's questionable. So (sighs) uh, it's possible. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying I I don't hate the Jefferson pick. I just, it's going to be tough to be a top 15 wide receiver with, if like you say, it's going to be a shootout. You're going to have Julio Ridley Thielen all ahead of Jefferson plus all the other juicy matchups out there, it's gonna be it'll be tough for him to squeeze in the top fifteen. That's not a bad point. That one I'll agree with. Just that I mean, one though. You you have you've also <laughs> got um like Hopkins is gonna be top five, Tyreek Hill, 
Adams is back. Allen Robinson's got a decent matchup. Diggs, I don't know. I don't like the matchup against KC, but I still think he's going to get some work. He's probably still going to be top 15. One of the Rams guys is going to be there. Either Evans or Godwin's going to be there. So I, I think it's tough for him to crack the top 15 this week. I really do. I, I Like I said, I don't really hate the pick. It's just the number of guys that have good matchups ahead of him. Well, I just think. Under that logic, it'd be hard for anybody outside the top 15 to break in. So who's your wide receiver? My wide receiver is DJ Shark. Who um, is probably not playing. It, right. And <laughs> if he doesn't play, then my pick is Chanel. They're, they're both close. I, I have my backup. Chenault? You Chenault. think Chanel could fucking boom? My pick is dumb and you pick LaVisca Chanel? That's right. <laughs> have you seen the Detroit defense? Have you seen have you seen Atlantis? Yes, I have. And I have faith in Keanu Neal. Um <clears throat> who's on IR? Neal's not on IR. Keanu Neal? Yeah. Yeah, he is, isn't he's, he? No. He's playing. Are you sure? I know you get used to him being on IR every season, but he's I, I could have sworn he was. I could have no. I, I thought this was like his third year in a row. <laughs> No, no, uh, Derwin James is on IR, but not, not Neil. Uh, he might've been like the three game IR, but he's off. So, but no, I'm, I'm going with, uh, if, if shark plays, I'm taking shark. If he doesn't play, I'm taking Chanel. It's just the matchup is against Detroit is too good to pass up. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate the pick obviously. I mean, Detroit sucks, mm-hmm. um, I, but realistically, I'm going to have the same problem that you are. They could both have, like, Jefferson and, and Sharks Chenault could have fantastic games and still end up outside of the top 15 because of the soft matchups this week for so many wide receivers. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I mean, it, it is a valid point and uh, one that I hadn't really considered. But, I mean, that kind of makes the whole picks irrelevant to begin with. So, um, you know, if if Shark were to play, which it doesn't look like he's going to, then I would get the pick. But I don't think LaVisca Chenault is ready to be like the number one wide receiver on the week. So that's the only yeah, reason I don't like the pick. I just don't If I just it wasn't don't think Detroit, I wouldn't I wouldn't make it. Yeah. If it wasn't against Detroit, I wouldn't make it. Oh, and I get no, that for sure. They have nobody in the secondary. Yeah, I absolutely get that. You um, know? So he he and who else is he gonna throw the ball to? I mean, <clears throat> you're gonna run it with Robinson. Oh, I mean, they could just go out there and suck. <laughs> Have you seen the mustache? Yeah, yeah, I He's know. He's not I going know. out there and sucking this year. Well, you ever hear of Keenan Cole? Yeah. He catches one pass for 15 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Fucking well. Chris, Chris Conley. Uh, that's all you but, need to beat Detroit. Yeah, but I still think, I think with all he's been getting more and more involved. Um, I do think that he has the opportunity with Shark most likely not playing. Because, um, I mean, his target share has been going up every week. Started with four the first two weeks, then he was up to six. Last week he was up to eight, and that was with Shark out. He's not getting the touchdowns yeah. since the first week, but he's getting the volume. So I, I like the volume. Going against a soft matchup, do. the touchdowns, they're going to come. Yeah. Plus they use him a little bit in the rushing game here and there. You know, He gets one or two ch- attempts in the rushing game. But the end around, he can break one of those off. I mean, like I said, I, I think it's unlikely, but it's, 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 it's I mean, the, the reasoning is sound, you know, it's uh, that's why we're bold predictions. <laughs> so who do you got for tight end? Because we already did mine. Yeah. So uh, I'm going back to the same matchup and I'm taking Hayden Hurst. And uh, yeah, I know, obviously, I mean, I can't tell who you think is going to win this fucking game. I, I pick I pick a Falcon. It's stupid. I pick a, I, I pick a Viking. It's stupid. It, it's like nobody's going to score any fucking points in this game. The two worst be, defenses in the league are squaring off against each other, and nobody's going to score any points. It's going to be nine to seven or nine to eight. <laughs> nobody's going to fucking win. Everybody's going to suck, and, and the fucking Falcons will still find a way to fucking lose. <laughs> I fucking love it. That's a hell of a prediction right there. So, uh, you know, Hayden Hurst, 
squaring off against Minnesota. Enough fucking said. He's catching balls from my boom quarterback, so I get the stack going. I'm all about it. That's uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. All right, so that's enough uh, positivity for one night. Let's move on to our bus. Uh, Steve, why don't you give me your bus quarterback? Uh, my bus quarterback is going to be Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Wow. So, Mr. Rodgers in his neighborhood in Tampa. Uh, Vita Vey is out for the season. Big piece of that Tampa Bay uh, run defense. Aaron Jones should have a feast running against Tampa this week. Rodgers, when he's been scrambling in the pocket this year, has not been as good as Rodgers in the past. That could be because Devontae Adams hasn't been playing. Could be because Alan Lazard is out. And he's only had the opportunity to throw the ball to Marquez Vantes. Yeah, I'm not even going to say his name. MVS. And uh, Robert Tanyan, potential breakout tight end of the year. Ugh. So I could be completely off on this. Rodgers could have a uh, field day with Tampa's secondary. I don't think so. Um, their rookies, the two safety rookies that they picked up, have both been doing better and better each game. So I think it's Aaron Jones's show this week. I think he just runs all over Tampa Bay. And that this is another one I think is a shootout. Uh, I think Adams will get some get his work i still think he's going to end up being uh, a top probably a top 10 wide receiver this week but um i don't think it's enough to to keep aaron Rodgers in the top eight yeah i can uh i can definitely see the reasoning you know uh i don't necessarily hate the pick i mean that's really the only guy i looked at and yeah uh, in I, it's i don't get the warm fuzzy brian yeah but given, so, given who i have to choose from he, he's got the most chance to bust I'm I'm literally I'm just gonna fucking pass. Like honestly, the first quarterback that is in a situation I don't like is Joe Burrow at 18, and like picking him to bust feels fucking stupid. Like that's dumb, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pass on it, and we're gonna move right on to running back and uh, same matchup. I'm gonna take Joe Mixon against Indianapolis. For my bust running back of the week. Indy's defense, pretty fucking good. Uh, Cincinnati's offense, I mean, granted it was against Baltimore, but they struggled. And Indy's defense has ranked higher than Baltimore's. And maybe they can figure some things out between here and there, but uh, if I had to put my money down on a, a running back ranked high that I think could fall down to the middle of the pack or lower, it would definitely be Joe Mixon. Darius Leonard's back this week for Indy. So the only way that Mixon's going to prove you wrong is if they include him more in the passing game. On the ground, I think he's going to struggle. Their defense has been good against against the run this year. So if they can include him in the passing game, give him four, five, six targets, uh, he can prove you wrong that way. But efficiency on the ground is not going to be there this week. They, their defense is just too good against the run. So I, I I agree with the pick. I'm still starting him because I really don't have a choice. But it's with tempered expectations. Um, I kind of expect the same 14, 15 points like he put up against Baltimore last week, which if I can get that out of him this week, I'll be fine with that. Yeah, definitely. Who's your bus running back? So I'm following the same logic as you are, uh, going with Miles Sanders against Baltimore. Same thing that happened with Mixon last week against Baltimore. I look for the same thing that happened with Sanders. I mean, the run defense is good. The only way he's going to be efficient for fantasy is if they give him more targets in the passing game. And let's face it, Philadelphia is a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> the only thing worse than them is the Jets. So, I mean, they're inactive. They have like seven or eight players already inactive. Sanders is one of the only targets, so they've been including him in the passing game. He's been getting rushing work, but I think the rushing work this this coming week is not going to be there. The passing, you know, he's going to need more than four targets, which is all they've given him in the last two weeks. He's going to need to get back up to the seven or eight like he had in week two and week three, I think, to have a chance against Baltimore this week. Okay. 
Um, why don't we move right along? Give me your bust wide receiver. So my bust wide receiver this week is actually going to be probably very surprising to you, but I am going with Mr. Robbie Anderson against Chicago. So Anderson is ranked as the 15 wide receiver this week. On paper, Chicago should look like an easy matchup. However, I believe he will be facing up against Kyle Fuller most of the most of the time, just given where Robbie lines up. And Fuller has been rather good this year in his matchups. I think that you'll see Anderson kind of come back to earth a little bit this week. I think DJ Moore finally gets the volume that he deserves to have just because of where they line up on the field. Kyle Fuller has been good against whom? Uh, let's see. He played Calvin Ridley last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, Ridley had 12 targets, caught five. So that's pretty good. Uh, Fuller's allowed 16 to 34 catches this this year for 168 yards, one touchdown. Five games. He's facing good wide receivers. He's having a, a pretty decent year. Anderson is still a, he's performing way better than I expected for him to do this year. Mm-hmm. But this week, I I think you have to expect him to be down in the wide receiver three range. Now, if he catches a touchdown, that changes everything. But I think this is the week to temper your expectations severely on Robbie Anderson. I think he drops out of the wide receiver two range into the the probably higher end wide receiver three. But I think you're looking at 25 to 28 ranking for him this week. I think this is DJ Moore's week. Okay. I yeah, I mean, I can get on board with it, I guess. Plus, I think Mike Davis gets a ton of the work this week. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I, I think a big problem is just that I, I spent so much time betting against Robbie Anderson, and now he's proved me so wrong that like I now I can't bet against him, you know? Mm-hmm. No, no, it, it's it's definitely, it, it's one of those things where it's a hard, it's a hard choice to make to sit a guy like him that's been performing the way he has, but there's plenty of guys with better matchups this week that are all around the same range. Oh, I wouldn't sit him. So... You're it depends on who I have. It really does depend on who I have, whether or not I would sit him. Um, he's definitely still flex worthy, I think, depending on on who you're able to start. But you may be forced into it with a bye week because of the teams that are out. So it it really depends on your team makeup. The rate he is performing, I, I mean, the the production he's giving you. I almost look at him like like Julio Jones, like you just. It doesn't matter who the fucking matchup is. You just fucking play him and see what he does. I don't have any. I don't say any. I, I only have a couple of players that I view in that light, and I'm willing to take them out. At, depending on the matchup, I'll take the chance. So, okay. So, um, I'll move right into my bus tight end. I'm taking Zach Ertz against Baltimore, who is allegedly weak against tight ends but uh i just think philly's offensive line fucking blows they are bad i think that carson wentz is gonna have a bad fucking day i think that whole offense is gonna struggle and i don't see them putting up a lot of points against baltimore flat out that simple no i agree with you hurts is my uh pick as well Uh, i'm not pivoting there's not really any other choices in the top eight this week. He is the choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, his targets, he, he, he's not been efficient with his targets other than week three against Cincinnati. I mean, week one, three, three catches, seven targets. Week two, five catches, seven targets, for, but 42 yards. Week one, 18 yards, but he had a touchdown. The only reason he was even remotely relevant. Um, week three. 7 of 10 for 70 yards. Uh, Goddard's out. Week mm-hmm. 4 against San Fran, 4 or 5 for 9 yards. And last week against Pittsburgh, 1 catch and 6 targets for 6 yards. I don't expect anything better than those numbers against Baltimore. Uh, he, he's had a couple soft matchups and hasn't been able really to do anything with it. And I think it's in due to Philly's bad, uh, bad offensive line. It's 
due in part to Carson Wentz also just being bad this year. And I think it's partly what we've seen with Ertz. And, and you and I talked about it before the season. Goddard's taken that fucking job. Yeah, it's totally his. a matter of time. I haven't seen a tight end regress like this in a long time. So we'll see. I mean, this is obviously is a bad matchup, so I don't expect a lot. But next week he's got the Giants, which isn't a great matchup for tight ends either. And then he's got Dallas. So I think I think they're planning for Goddard to come back after the bye. I don't think they're rushing him back. So Ertz has three more weeks to prove that he's still going to be the tight end one on that team. Otherwise, I, I think you. I think if if he doesn't do anything by week nine, you can drop him. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting there. I mean, it's it's sad to say for somebody who spent that that kind of capital on who's been as good as he's been over the last few years, but you can't keep starting a guy that's going to put up one catch for six yards, four catches for nine yards. I mean, you're not even getting five points out of what's supposed to be a top three tight end. Yeah, it doesn't work out. So that is going to wrap up our boom bust. We are going to go straight into Cosby's Deep Sleepers. Cosby's Deep Sleepers. So the commissioner is not here, in case you guys hadn't noticed. So, Steve, why don't you lead us off with your deep sleeper? So my deep sleeper is also my boom tight end this week, and that is Mr. (laughs) Irv Smith. Irv Smith is currently on DraftKings for $2,500. For good reason. I don't believe so. (laughs) But grabbing him at this price, you can either stick him in your tight end slot or you can pick pick him up in your flex slot. The couple lineups I made, I was able to grab Mark Andrews in my tight end slot. I'm able to start Calvin Ridley. I'm able to start Aaron Jones. I'm able to start Alexander Madison. And a couple other nice pieces with great matchups. So I'll definitely take the chance on Irv Smith this week at such a, I mean, at 2,500, how can you go wrong if he scores a touchdown? So it, plus it allows you to put these other big name guys in there who have good matchups on their own right. So Mr. Smith is my Cosby's deep sleeper. I like it. So uh, my Cosby's deep sleeper is going to be running back DeAndre Swift against Jacksonville for exactly the same reason. Mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance he gets into the end zone. Obviously, Jacksonville's defense blows. And he has found the end zone a couple times this year, and I guess a really bad defense in a, in a contest play. I'm going to take the chance on a cheap running back in my flex that, I think could come down with a touchdown. So, how that, much is he on DraftKings? Uh, he is forty five hundred dollars. He he's the max for a deep sleeper, but forty five hundred dollars against Jacksonville. DeAndre Swift, loving it. I think it's. Yeah. I I personally think it's a great pick. I can't wait to fire him up. No, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not unhappy with that pick at all. He's he's one that I toyed with as well in some lineups, and uh, and I. I dug deep and grabs uh, Irv Smith. But with that matchup, uh, I'm definitely uh, willing to try working him into a couple of lineups here or there because you can still go with with top-name running backs and a couple of uh, bigger-name guys in different spots. So Yeah. Dug deep. You dug your own grave, Irv Smith. Jesus. No. (laughs) Irv Smith at 2,500. I can still start Smith. Is it 25 or 21? 25, 2,500. It's even more expensive than I thought. Yeah, but, (laughs) you know, I could put him, DeAndre Swift, in, and I could probably upgrade my defense from Cincinnati. (laughs) Ooh, woof. Yeah, I would definitely do that. A lot of a barrel, but I had had to spend money other places. Yeah. So uh, This could be the week they put up 30 points against fucking Phillip Rivers, so. That's true. He is throwing ducks up. Yep. (laughs) So, I think that's going to wrap up the Cosby Deep Sleeper. We're going to go right into Samson's Deep Flex Play. Samson's Deep Flex Play. Mr. Samson is named in your honor. Give it to us. My Samson's Deep Flex Play this week is going to be Mr. Russell Gage, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons in this 
shootout game that Brian's predicting between Minnesota and Atlanta. I'm picking the number 44 wide receiver to be in your flex spot. Fuck Julio Jones. Nobody even knows who he is anymore, <laughs> let alone Matt Ryan. If it's not Calvin Ridley, the ball's going to Russell Gage. Fire him up. Put him in your flex spot. 20 points. So is the logic here that um, the coverage is so good on Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones that if the Atlanta Falcons want to move the ball, they'll have to throw the ball to Russell Gage? Nope. The logic here is that every wide receiver on both teams is probably going to catch three or four passes, and Gage is just going to get into the end zone. That's a fair enough assessment, I guess. I was really hoping to rip you apart, but that's that's pretty sound. Uh, <laughs> you could keep trying. Come on, bring it. I wish I could. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. All right. So um <laughs> my Samson's deep flex play, I'm gonna take Christian Kirk against Dallas. Uh obviously that Dallas defense is atrocious. And I think this is one of those weeks where Christian Kirk might find himself standing in the middle of the end zone. And if not, so there's a chance a in his hand. Yeah. There's a chance DeAndre Hopkins gets tired and he has to, he has to catch a few balls, I've maybe. Four touchdowns today. Why don't, you, why don't you throw the ball to somebody else? I'm uh, going to get a drink. <laughs> so I, I think I think he has that that ten point floor we're looking for with a Samson's deep flex play. So uh, I'm taking Christian Kirk, and we will see what happens. Obviously, that's going to wrap up the deep flex play, and we're going to go directly into head-to-head. Head-to-head predictions. So, Steve, let's start with uh, yours truly. I am playing Jared this week. Who are you taking? Honestly, I'm taking Jared. I don't blame you. I'm sorry, man. He's got Mahomes. He's got Jones, Singletary. I went to Jared, Mike Davis, who I think is going to have a, a fantastic game this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have to take Jared in this. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't blame you. I I was pretty torn myself, especially looking at uh, the matchups. But I think there's a good chance that a lot of the players on my team out score projections. Um, if Antonio Gibson gets the fucking receiving work that he should be getting. He should outscore the projection against the Giants. Uh, Matt mm-hmm. Stafford against Jacksonville should ball. Uh, Madison against Atlanta should ball. Jefferson against Atlanta is my boom wide receiver. He should ball. You know, so on, so forth down the line. You get the point. Yeah. No, no, I do. But you've got Shark in who you're definitely going to have to take out. Um, Anthony Miller could completely disappear again against Carolina. And the same thing could happen with Judy. He he could completely disappear against New England if they play. So I was fucking heated, dude, because I was so excited to fire up Jerry Judy last week with no Gilmore. Mm-hmm. And then the game yeah. gets canceled. And now Gilmore's back. <laughs> and now Gilmore's yeah. back. So I really don't want to play fucking Judy. And I don't know who to plug in for Chark. And ugh, I, I'm... Yeah. It's a bad bye week. It's a fucking bad bye you, week. You have to leave Judy in, and you have to flip a coin between Demir Bird and Dearness Johnson. Oh, <laughs> and honestly, with Johnson going against Pittsburgh, it, it would for me it'd have to be Bird. Yeah, they're both gross. It doesn't. They like, they are. Ugh. They're they're both extremely gross. But I I, I do, mean I do think I have some really juicy matchups, and I'm gonna take myself just. Because I, I think I think a lot of my players are going to outperform their projections. So if I if I get big weeks out of uh, the three guys that I think I should, being Stafford, Madison, and Jefferson, I think that can keep me in it. So I think it'll be close. If I win, it'll be close. If I lose, I could lose by a mile. But if I so win, it should be close. I've got breaking news. Oh. Uh, breaking news. Breaking news. This week, Brian Moran is playing against Eric Ebron, who's projected to put out 10.3 points. He <laughs> will score 20 just to fuck over Moran. <laughs> Back to your regularly scheduled program. What a fucking asshole. You made me look <laughs> for that fucking button and everything, dude. 
I know, oh but it was God. classic. <laughs> it's not a bad point. It probably will happen. <laughs> you know, I can't even be mad. It probably we'll be talking about that next week. So, yep, one way or the other, we will. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> our next pick, we have your matchup. You're playing against Ricky this week. Who are you taking? Ricky. Yeah, I'm taking Ricky too. He's got a fucking wagon, dude. Yeah, I mean he's got good matchups. I, Sanders is my bust, but I think Connor will have a decent game. Hopefully, I'll get lucky and he'll get hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish that he could start. <laughs> um, yes, I do. Adam Thielen, I, I, I know Thielen's going to have a good game. Diggs, I worry, but I, he's going to be all right this week. Andrews is definitely going to have a good game against Philly. Brandon Cooks, think he had his good game last week. Tennessee this week, I think he gets shut down. Droppable. <laughs> Crowder should be good. He's the only solid piece on the Jets. Oh, yeah. Uh, regardless of who's throwing in the ball. Crowder's a must-start. I respect the fact right now that Ricky doesn't have a kicker, but I know he'll get one. Yeah, he will. Oh, he's got Gus Kaus. He's on the bench, so he, he picked him up. So, <clears throat> I mean... Minshew against Detroit, I love that lineup. I mean, I mean, I love that matchup. Hunt against Pittsburgh, I'm not fond of it, but he is the only show in town, so he should get plenty of volume. Cup I like. I, Gallup, if he can reproduce what he did last week with Dalton, he could way outperform his projection, but I, I don't have anybody to start because of the bye week, so I have to go that route. I've got Taylor and Drake. We'll see. I'm, I'm not. I'm not high. I'm not low. I think they're both going to hit right around the projection. So, I, I need what I need to have a chance is I need Gallup to outperform. I need Gasecki to have another big game, which is possible against the Jets. Then I got to get a little bit lucky with some of his matchups. So, I, I, it's not looking good for me this week. No, I don't think so at all. I mean, so, I mean, the bottom line is that your your team's not that good. I mean, your your running backs are phenomenal, obviously. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I need a second wide receiver. Your I, wide I, receivers have been struggling all year. It's like yeah, if Gallup hits, Cup don't. If Cup hits, Gallup don't. And mm -hmm. it's is it's just it's been a rough ride. And I mean, we said that right right at the draft, and it's it's been true all the way through. And yeah, no, it is what it is. It's, I, I've accepted it. If Dalton is good for Gallup, and he starts to come on as the year goes on and Cup keeps doing what he's doing, you'll be in much better shape. But you yeah. you kind of need Gallup to pick it up a little bit. No, I, I need – Gallup's either got to pick it up or I need a, a second wide receiver. Yeah. It is it is what it is. And until Lazard comes back, uh, I just have to struggle through. I mean, I do have a matchup with Mike coming up. <laughs> Not too worried about that one. Easy dub. Easy dub. So we'll see. I mean – I'm not that worried about it yet. It is what it is. I still I still know that I'll finish better than Mike at the end of the season. So I always have that going for me. So, I mean, speaking of Mike, he is playing our commissioner this week. What do you think? I'm taking Eric. Yeah, me too. I thought there was going to be a little more to that, but no, 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 nope. no, not that you have to say anything more. Uh, I'm taking Eric as well. I think Eric's going to blow him the fuck out of the water. It's not even going to be close. Honestly, I, I'm literally going to harass Eric. Like, I will berate him if he beats Mike by less than 40. So, keep that in mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, Melvin Gordon, is he even going to play? Have they decided no. on whether he's going to get suspended or not yet? He didn't practice today. Uh, yeah, he didn't practice yesterday either. Or, you know, he, did, he didn't practice Wednesday. He practiced yesterday, but he didn't practice today. Yeah. So, I don't think he's playing. No, I doubt it. So, uh... That'll bring us to our next matchup. Who do you have in Brian Martin versus Nate Dog? Brian Martin. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel bad picking against Nate, dude. Like he's trying so fucking hard. He's making, he's making waiver claims. He's making pickups. He's trying to make trades. Uh, he was decimated by injuries, and you know, last week he loses a second round pick to top it all off, and. The poor guy just can't catch a fucking break. I feel bad picking against him, but, you know, 
his team's just, they're devastated. They are fucking devastated. I mean, this bro is starting Duke fucking Johnson as an RB2. Ugh. That's like the, in the in the dictionary, you look up gross, and that's what it says. It says starting Duke Johnson as an RB two. That's exact. That's the exact definition of disgusting. Cam, starting Cam Akers as a RB one. That's just as disgusting right now. At least that's like at least that you you like make the case it's worth the gamble. I guess. I mean, just I what mean, the fuck is Duke Johnson gonna do? Good. God. Well, I mean, he is playing Cam Akers against Daryl Henderson, so there is that. One of them will be right. I mean, if I was a stand-up guy, I would trade one of my eight running backs with him for a wide receiver. Well, no one ever accused you of being a stand-up guy. I'm not a stand-up guy. <laughs> so, moving on to our next matchup, we have Adisa and Dickie. I'm going to take Adisa. Me too. It feels dirty. It feels <laughs> nasty coming out of my mouth. Nope. You know what? Nope. I'm not. Nope. nope. I was just about to say that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm flip flopping. I'm going. I'm, I'm going Marquise Brown against anybody. Nope. Odell against Pittsburgh. Fucking Zach Ertz against Baltimore. No. No. I'm. I'm looking at. I'm looking at Dickie's matchups, and I'm like, no, I like that better. Yeah. I the, the Ertz matchup I hate. The Gaskin <laughs> matchup I like. Um. But yeah. No. I. I almost. I, I almost made it, Adisa. I almost <laughs> made it. Shout out, maybe next week. Oh my god, um, that is too funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, our last matchup of the night: Shane and Justin. This one, uh, this is going to be a tough matchup. Um, this, I think, will probably be, end up being the closest one of the week. It's not projected that way right now, but. Uh, Justin's got Ridley, Justin's mm-hmm. got Kelsey, and Justin's got Kirk. He's also, uh, with Lindsey in there, I think those the projection goes up because I, I seriously don't think Gordon's going to play. So I I like his team. I like the matchups that he has this week. Uh, I think he's right now under-projected where he's going to end up. No, that's not saying Shane's got bad matchups. So... I think this is going to be a very close matchup this week. I think it's within a couple of points, but I think Justin gets back on track and gets gets that number four. Yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously Shane has um, DeAndre Hopkins against Dallas. That's fucking tit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's not up for debate. Oh yeah, no, he's got Hopkins uh, against Dallas. He's got Robinson Carolina. against Carolina. You know, he has but, he has some good matchups, but yeah, you know. Like you said, Justin has Matt Ryan against Minnesota, uh, Philip Lindsay with no Melvin Gordon, uh, Adrian Peterson against Jacksonville, Calvin Ridley against Minnesota, Travis Kelsey. Just his whole fucking team is good matchups, dude. I'm taking Justin all day and night. I'm not even hesitating. This is it would be it would literally be like my lock of the week. I mean. If I if I had to, if I had to put money down on one of them, it, it'd be that one, Justin versus Shane for sure. Those matchups are just too juicy. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the Daydreaming Degenerates podcast. This has been your predictions show. And Steve, is there anything you wanted to add? No. Um, good luck, everybody, on Sunday. Keep an eye on all the COVID news and potential game reschedulings. And make sure you put those players in your flex. Absolutely. So um, we can be reached by voicemail at 508-343-8010. It will not ring. It goes straight to voicemail. Leave us one. We'll play it on the show. We'll answer your question. You can tell us we suck. You can tell us we rock. Tell us what picks we got wrong, what picks we got right. Whatever you guys want. We will play it if you uh, leave us one. So. We also have the email at dddfantasyfootball at gmail.com. That's going to be it for this episode of the Daydreaming Degenerates podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and don't forget to set your lineups. 